Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Oh, thank God it's February. <laughs> you did it! <laughs> That's how a lot of you guys are feeling right now. Finish line! How do we celebrate? With a six-pack. <laughs> now, dry January is over. It is now February 1st. Uh, 30-something days ago, we all sat in here and said, you know what, let's take this dry January challenge, right? One by one. <laughs> People started coming in here going, yeah, no, not for me. At first it was Mo. Came in here. Uh, then it was Katie and Jackson in the first couple of days. It was Amber that started it all. Amber. And then everybody came yeah. in and hit the bell. And then Abby had a weekend uh, in Florida, I think, where you're like, screw this. Yeah, it was my cousin's bridal shower. My younger cousin's bridal shower. I was not going sober. But to be fair, I did not drink for the rest of the month. So really, I just had a sprinkly January. Okay. All right. We'll take that. Slightly damp. Slightly damp. Slightly, Slightly damp. damp. <laughs> uh, Kristen held out for a while until she and her man went away for a weekend. Yeah. It was our first weekend away. Just the two of us overnight without the kids. So we imbibed. There you go. And Cassie and I are standing here on February 1st and would damn it, we did it. In it to win it. It feels good. <laughs> it does. And I'll tell you why. Um, We've talked about this a lot over the last couple of months. It's just that I really feel like these small wins equal big happy. That's kind of the cliche that I use in my head. When you discipline yourself and you give yourself these small wins, it just makes you feel so much better about yourself. And over the course of the last couple of months, this is just one of the things that were really imp- a small thing that was really important to me that I finished the um, I crossed the finish line on and just feel really good about myself. Really good. You should. Um, my relationship, if you've listened to the show for a while with alcohol, has always been pretty dysfunctional. Uh, it started that way as a binge drinker in high school, and I have just always equated fun with drinking. Outside of my family, I can't remember too many times that I've had a great time where there wasn't a drink or two or 12 involved. Uh, so I get into this habit and this routine of leaning on it even when I don't need it. And it's been a fight now for me for pretty much my whole life. Like, one time I was wondering if I really, really had a problem and went to a couple of AA meetings and they're like, man, you don't got a problem, dude. You just got a discipline problem. (laughs) And they were right, because this 30 days for me wasn't very challenging. What I am present to now is that there's alcohol all around us. It's everywhere. <laughs> all the time. Did you notice that too, Cassie? Like when you aren't drinking now, it always seems to be in front of you? Yeah, for me, the hardest part was there were two hard parts. One, if I was like very, very stressed, I realized how much I would lean on like a glass of something at night just to take the edge off. And then social events. And I have no problem with everyone else drinking. Like that doesn't bother me, but I feel FOMO. Like I'm missing out. Even though I'm not. Even if it's one drink that people around me had. Like, I went to the movies with a friend the other night. She had a drink, and I was like, oh, I want a drink. And then I'm like, why? Is it going to make the movie better? No, it's just going to make me tired. I need to drive home after. (laughs) There is no benefit to me drinking right now, but it is so ingrained as an automatic social response that unlearning that is really tough. That's the first, that's pretty much the biggest lesson I got from that book, This Naked Mind, which is a game changer if you're like sort of on the line of thinking that you don't want to drink anymore. You read this book and you start to, the first question you ask yourself every time you're going to order a drink is, it's a simple one. Why? Right? And when you really pause for a second, and and at least for me, asking myself, why am I doing this? I couldn't come up with anything good. Like this one um, whatever, this one whiskey is not going to help my... Um, the the meal is not going to make it any better for me. It's not going to help me with my sleep. It's really not going to enhance um, the people that I'm hanging out with either. The time that I'm having because they're boring anyway. They're going to be boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that first question of why is an important one. Otherwise, I feel like the month was fairly easy to get through. But I'm at this weird point now where I think the first thirty days are some of the hardest if you're you know just a casual drinker. 
I don't want to go back to drinking. I feel the same way. But also, there are things coming up that I want to drink at. I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do right. I go on my streak or do I say, eh, I'll just do a social drink? So I'm glad we're there because this weekend we are all going to be together. And when we all get together, we have a drink or two, right? Um, and I think this weekend I'm going to challenge myself not to have alcohol. But what I am going to start trying to do is, and I got to do a little bit more homework on it. So... Don't say, oh, we're student. I think I'll try this because I don't know if it's as healthy, worse for you or not. But these THC drinks for me mm. give me the same kind of just a little bit of just takes the edge off without the health benefits of alcohol. At least when in my first round of homework, it says that and the THC, by the way, if you're listening, you don't know anything about it is totally and completely legal. You got to be 21 to get it. But the health effects of the THC are way less than alcohol. And now there are plenty of THC drinks, and I've tried a couple of them, uh, and they're great. They're just great. And they just take the edge off. And you don't get hammered like you do on alcohol. It just takes the edge off a little bit. And how bit. do you feel the next morning? Fantastic. Really? There's no hangover at all. In fact, it helps my sleep. As I'm looking at my sleep app here, this is the very first time that I've used my Apple Watch checking my sleep that I have averaged over eight hours of sleep a night over a week. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's the first time. So it's it's definitely that, and I don't know if the acupuncture is having an effect on that because that's what I went for. But the two together has really made me feel great. Well, the two, well, the three together, no alcohol, THC drinks, mm -hmm. acupuncture, and I less mean, stress. Yeah, <laughs> less. You know, a lot of stress has eliminated itself from my life over the last couple of months, and I think this is sort of the perfect storm right now. And not drinking for the last thirty days was kind of the push that I needed. Like mm -hmm. you don't really need this whole thing. That's awesome. That's a that's a very big step, I think, because even even though you have this, it's not a placebo because it still does something. It's a THC drink, so mm -hmm. you still get the social kind of cues. Yep. Still to look at a weekend when you're with friends and be like, you know, I'm I'm not gonna partake. I'm going to try something different. I think is a very remarkable thing in somebody's life. And the reward the next morning when you do feel good. And if you have kids, kids don't care if you're hungover. All they oh, want to do is oh, hang oh. out with you, man. What a waste of day, right? Uh, that's a huge benefit. Also, it's just like Saturday morning, Sunday morning, waking up and like ready to go. Let's get to the gym. It's eight thirty in the morning, you know. So I don't know. Listening to y'all has definitely been the best endorsement I've ever heard to stop drinking. I'm not going to stop, but it's been really, really good. We can't affect everybody. No, and everybody's got their own relationship with alcohol. You know, I'm not saying you guys should do it because I feel good. It's just that it was a small win, and for 30 days for me, could be a game changer. And even though my January was damp, it did make me reevaluate re my relationship with alcohol, how it affected my sleep, how I, you know, um, how I was the next day, um, how productive I was how much more I wanted to do yoga, mm -hmm. um, how it affected my diet, because when I wasn't drinking, I wanted to eat better. Like there was, we had talked about this earlier, a domino effect from not drinking in my life, and it was all for the better and beneficial. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Same way. Yeah. Uh, I feel the exact same way you do, is that when you're working on one area, at least when I'm working on one area of my health, it does have that domino effect. Mm -hmm. So because I feel great on Saturday morning, I was literally in the gym at 7.30 in the morning. I also noticed I didn't have the desire as much to go out. I was a designated driver one night, you guys. <laughs> Never happened to me in my life, but if I did go out, I found myself checking out and getting home much earlier without alcohol. Mm -hmm. So the benefits were really that ripple effect was fantastic for a month. It was. So we'll see about February. Thank you. You too. Congrats, yo. The Birch Show. All right. Messy Mikey here has got a problem with a friend's crazy ex, man. Oh boy, he's in trouble. <laughs> um, so here's the deal. This all started during the summertime. My friend started dating this lady casually a couple weeks. Right off the bat, there's a couple of red flags. He'd go to work, and she would blow up his phone. Whenever he'd get out of work, he would be in big trouble for not talking to her while he's at work. Good Lord. So, number one, it was bad off the bat. She just wanted to him to have accountability every second of the day. Yeah, she wanted to be his entire day. So... He breaks up with her, like, at the beginning of the semester, the, whatever you call it, fall semester. Um, and it's 
they they somehow get on to being you know friends with the Benedicts. Um, <laughs> oh, I love those. <laughs> and but really, what that means is that she can do whatever she wants, but if she catches him doing something, he's in big trouble again somehow. So it's all just backwards thinking here. Oh, so it's friends with benefits with conditions. Yeah, okay. she can have benefits, he cannot. Yeah, pretty much. Got but it. it's not in it's in the fine print. Um, <laughs> you scroll way down yeah, to the yeah, bottom. Yeah. You need a relationship lawyer to go through all that. But, um, yeah, so it, it just gets bad. They He tries to sever all ties, and that actually doesn't work whatsoever. She still has his location. She tracks him constantly, texting him, calling him. So it's every night I'm hearing about this. Like, he's just on the phone. Why are you saying this? Why are you saying this? It's a constant fight. Um, it all finally reaches ahead this past weekend. We had gone out. She, he had not talked to her for a couple weeks. He had blocked her phone number. Oh, okay, so they broke up. Officially yeah, broke yeah, up. Yeah. That's it, all right? Yeah, but on this night, he decided to unadd her on Snapchat, which I didn't realize. That's the biggest That's the biggest <laughs> one of all. Is that the one that they were communicating with uh, each other most on? I guess so, or it's what they had to resort to after he blocked her. But, um, yeah, so it's probably 4 in the morning. She barges in. She drags him out to the front of the house, and... This part I don't see, but he comes back in. His face is just so red. She went out there and smacked him six times. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. Six times. This girl is off her rocker. She went out there and That's smacked assault. him. Yeah. Definitely. No, it's crazy. So, and so now he's in this position where he still has to talk to her. So he's not like, I don't know, getting run up on. It's why, a bizarre why is situation. he in a position that he still has to talk to her? She'll run in and smack him because she, he doesn't want he's because he doesn't want her showing up at four o'clock in the morning hitting her. So instead of calling the police or hitting getting him. over, yeah, yeah, hitting him instead of calling the police or getting a restraining order, he's like, well, if I just talk to her, I'll be able to manage her behavior. No, you won't. Yeah, absolutely yeah. No. not, man. Because now you're rewarding her bad behavior. Yeah. You're giving her what she wants for how she's acting. I think a big part of this is probably his fault to, to keep on entertaining it in any way. Like it, mm. what he has to do, I think. I don't know if you guys have a different opinion, but sever every single tie. Yes. And I'm sure there's going to be an incident or two after that, but... Well, I don't want to. I don't want to victim shame or victim blame because if the like the genders were reversed and it was a woman going through this, because I mean this is a this is a toxic relationship and this is an abusive relationship, obviously because he had you know mm -hmm. she she hit him, um, so. I, I, well, if the roles were reversed, honestly, we'd all probably be saying that the cops need to be called immediately, immediately. but because it's a guy, we're we, we haven't even like seriously even suggested that for some reason, right? No. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I I told him, like, if something like that were to happen again, I think it's completely reasonable to get the cops involved. I think probably they should have been involved that night because something's wrong here. What, what do you, I mean, has so no, has not, none, have none of you all, like, his closest friends been like, you need to get the cops involved and get a restraining order against her? Yeah, but, I mean, and he was shaken up after it, but after a couple of days, it's like, you're not going to do anything after that. How did she get in? Did she break in? No, it's unlocked door policy around uh, there. You gotta okay, lock well. the door. Yeah, not, the door. <laughs> not to victim shame, but like right. first lock the door. Yep. Uh, the first thing he's got to do, he's got to report this because, like we said, if this was a woman and being hit by a man, it would be no hesitation. You need to tell the authorities what's gone to you. But just because he's a guy, or what's happened to you? Mm -hmm. But just because he's a guy, he probably thinks, well, I can take this little lady if I just keep her on Snapchat for a day or two. But this is, domestic violence happens no matter if you are a man or a woman. And it's not okay to just brush it off just because he thinks that he can manage it. He's got to report this. Yeah, it's an ego fight too probably for a guy because you don't want to call another man and say, hey, a, a, a girl, a woman has beat me up. Uh, it's an ego thing. So that's why I'll, I think a lot of guys won't. But I think in a case like this, you call the police, they fill out a report. She's not going to get arrested, but it might be the scare that she needs not to ever do it again. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. the, like, the protective order. Changing that mindset, I mean, if that is what he's thinking, it's not like you're having to call somebody to rescue you. You are rescue. He's rescuing himself by calling the authorities and getting a protective order. Yeah. And maybe the first thing is keep the door locked. Yeah. Change that. the policy, yeah. maybe. Let's, let's start there. <laughs> the Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. There's a rumor going around that Taylor Swift wrote the book behind the new film, Argyle. 
All because the Swifties have spotted a couple of patterns in the film. Like, there's a Scottish Fold cat in it. And Taylor Swift has a Scottish Fold cat. The author's name is Ellie Conway. And one time, Taylor Swift wore a shirt that said Conway, Conway on it. So now people want to know, is she the secret mastermind behind this book that already had a movie deal before it came out? Well, Entertainment Tonight interviewed director Matthew Vaughn. And this is how he cleared the air. I don't normally, but the Taylor Swift one came to my radar because my daughter was uh, told me off for not telling her. And she was, a, she said, you're, in, you're not cool, Dad. You've got to introduce me. I said, I do not know Taylor. It is not true. And that's why I thought i got to kill this rumor right, off quick right because this is, could be a tidal wave of a lot of pain if we don't. So... But it was really good free promotion. Great marketing on right. the Swifties part. Right. We had made this film a success no matter what, but Cassie actually went and saw a pre-screening of the film the other day. Yeah, I got to go check it out. Um, and it, it, I was looking for Easter eggs the whole film, waiting for a big reveal. You know, spoiler, there isn't an, uh, based on the author. It is a fun movie. If you go into it with a silly, goofy mood idea mm. and go with your girlfriends and maybe grab a couple of drinks beforehand or a date, it's my friend Sarah and I were cracking up the whole time. It's hilarious. All-star cast, Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Samuel L. Jackson, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, um, Ariana DuBose. I mean, the list goes on. S Sam Rockwell. Like You it, had me at Henry Cavill. So oh, I love Henry Cavill. He's my favorite. Oh, he's my number one. Oh, if you like that kind of thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since the Tudors, I've just been <gasps> obsessed. He's so good in that. It is so funny. I mean, it's an absurdist comedy spy movie. I highly recommend. I give it a seven. Seven out of ten on the gasometer. Well, I mean, and Taylor. Oh, we haven't heard from the gasometer. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste! Because you said this is a Taylor Swift joint, right? It's not a Taylor no. Swift. Oh, it's movie. not a Taylor people Swift. People just movie. think it is because so, I mean, people, yeah. it, it'll be number one no matter what. I mean, if they get that word out or not, just on rumor alone, it'll be number one. It's so sketch. So Ellie Conway is the author who is also in the movie, but Bryce Dallas Howard plays her. Nothing is known about this author. There are no pictures. She has no previous works. The movie was in production before the book was released. So that's why everyone's like, it's got to be a Hollywood person. I actually think it's Blake Lively because she mm. was wearing colors while out with Taylor similar to Argyle. But I even, oh my God, I bought into this conspiracy so hard. <laughs> I dove into like the uh, production company and when it was founded and things like that. And there is some interesting stuff on the back end. Really? Okay. Oh, yes. Huh. My but, theory is a little bit more jaded. So I think that Hollywood executives and producers saw how well book to film adaptations are doing, especially with the rise of book talk. And I think they thought, well, if we can just pretend that this was a book all along, we can act like this was some big bestseller that everyone should get on board with and everyone should read. So really it was a movie, but they're like, let's make it into a book too, just to make it seem like it's a bigger deal than it is. Honestly, Abby, I think you're probably correct. And the main character who is the author was giving big Sarah J. Mass vibes, who wrote our favorite favorite fairy series, Akatar. But it's good. You, sh you don't have to be a book girly to see this. It's for everyone except small children. Go see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people who love the NFL may hate it more because of Taylor Swift, but things aren't in reverse when it comes to the Swifties because new data shows women love the NFL more than ever thanks to Taylor Swift. 64% of millennial and Gen Z women said they had a favorable opinion of the NFL <laughs> last month, which is an, which is at an all-time high. That's but, because they don't know anything about the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> We're just here for the romance yeah. and the love story. Uh -huh. But Taylor Swift is one of those polarizing celebrities that you either love or hate. Well, BuzzFeed did a survey about some of the most polarizing celebs and asked their audiences if they think they're a good person. So now, I would like to play a game with you called, Does the Internet Think This Celeb Is a Good Person? <laughs> Even get into that. How can Taylor Swift be polarizing? She's like the nicest human being, bends over backwards for people, never done anything wrong at all. I think it's just a saturation. It is. Thing it's, more it's than anything else. She's done. No. She's literally she's literally existing and the people around her are reacting. Like, let's be honest, she does have a pretty pretty awesome marketing and PR team for sure. Um, but no, I mean, I think people who hate somebody that does so much good, yes. they're just being haters because she is like in your face all the time. All the time. Mm, yeah. okay. People don't hate her. They just hate the joy that she brings and the <laughs> fact that I love to talk about her all the time. But your first option is Jimmy Fallon. Do people think she, he's a good person? No. No. 43% of audiences say yes, and then the rest of the people aren't sure, or it's no. Nicki Minaj? No. no. Yeah, 50% of people don't think she's a good person. Amy Schumer? Yes. Yes. No. 
People do not think she's a good person. Really? Yeah. 45% of people do not think so. Okay, last one. Howard Stern? No. 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 <laughs> 62% of people do not think that Howard Stern is a good person. All right, Margaret Robbie, she's finally speaking out after her Oscar snub. I'll tell you what she had to say to the Academy on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Who needs some good news in their life? I think it was Cassie yesterday that said, please call the Burt Show. Please call because my life sucks and I need to hear positive things going on in the world because nothing is going well in her life at all. Well, we've got a good one that's coming from right here within the studio, Cass. It's coming, the call's coming from inside the house. It is. It's not a call. It's a bell, actually. Um, and yeah, if you were also one of those people that hit up Elmo when he asked everybody how they were doing and you <laughs> lamented that the world is on fire around you and um, you're done with this bleeping bleep, 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 um, this will just warm your heart. So our social media producer, Rebecca, has been very open about her journey with cancer. She came on with us a couple months ago, let everybody know that the lesion that was on her tongue was actually stage three cancer. And she went into, um, she immediately had surgery to remove the tumor. They put a piece of her arm on her tongue to recreate the tongue. It was her fingers. So now she's got her fingers actually that are sticking out the side of her. (laughs) 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 It wasn't, or the whole arm. Yes, the whole arm was just sticking out of her mouth at this point in time. Um, But so she she did the surgery and she's been doing chemo and radiation. She's just been um, and had the really honestly like best outlook, best attitude at kicking cancer's butt. Well, yesterday on her Instagram story, she shared the moment of her ringing the bell signaling that her chemo portion of treatment is over. There she is, walking down that long, bright white hallway. Nurses at the end, clapping. Off beat, but then they got it together. Oh, there you go. Okay. There they go. I hear it now. Yeah. <laughs> Cheering for She get close to that bell. Hey. The most beautiful sound ever. If you've ever known anybody that's had to endure cancer, to be able to ring that bell to signify that you are done with a portion of your treatment, it's it's an incredible feeling. We're so proud of her and so glad that she's one step closer to beating this thing. And it's really important to to take that in also. I mean, when you hear that bell ring, it's way more than a sound. That is... Hours and hours of pain, hours and hours of discipline, hours and hours of lifetime uh, and lifestyle changes. So that's a really big deal. Now, she also knows, and she's practical, this thing's not over yet. No, she's got a couple more radiation treatments to deal with, and then she'll be in recovery from treatment. Um, but we're looking forward to having her back in studio at the end of this month. And just to give you some insight, each of her chemo sessions is five to eight hours <sighs> that she's sitting there. And the oh. nurses are great. I got to go visit her a couple weeks ago, but... It's a long time to be tethered to an IV. So, Rebecca, we are so proud and so happy. Uh, we call it follow-up Thursday. You guys hit us up and you're like, yo, Bert, so I never got closure on blank. And in this case, um, it was Ashton Gonzalez who was, who emailed us saying, hey, just wanted to know if you ever got an update from the woman who had the fiancé with a pregnant boyfriend uh, or fr- preg- pregnant best friend. Yes. Uh, who wanted him uh, in the delivery room. She was trying to be so supportive. And I'm just curious if the pregnant woman allowed her to be in the room as well or if her suggestion caused more issues. All right. So the last update was October of last year. Candace's fiance wanting to help his best friend by supporting her in the delivery room since the father of the child wasn't around. Candace wasn't on board because that's an experience she only wants him to share with her. She also felt that the best friend was doing it on purpose to prove she's the number one woman in his life. Now, the majority of us, except Bert, told her to let him do it. Jokingly, I suggested that she join him in the delivering room. And to our surprise, she took my joke seriously. Um, She told him he could do it under the condition that she was there as well. So last we heard, her fiance was going to run the idea by his best friend for approval. So what has happened since? Was he in the room? Were they both in the room? Was nobody in the room? We're about to find out. No, she wasn't comfortable with me also being in the delivery room. So I remained true to myself and stood my ground. And I made it clear that I was not comfortable with him being in the delivery room with his best friend. I can't say that we didn't have a big disagreement, but in the end, my fiance respected my wishes and decided not to be present during the delivery. 
Unfortunately, his friend is misdirecting her anger at us. She is blaming us for the fact that she had to be alone in the delivery room. It's not our fault. There is one person who should have been there with her, and it wasn't my fiance. At first, my fiance was upset that she was angry. However, the longer it went on, the more my fiance became angry at her and was glad that he didn't attend the birth. She seems to be more angry at him than she is at the man whose baby she just had. Anyway, I'm not exactly missing her being around, so maybe the entire situation is for the best. All right, so maybe I'm being too much of an empath here. I do feel um, a level of sadness for the woman that had to give birth by herself. While I don't think she went about it the right way, per se, and asking her, her best friend to be in there, if there was any issue about him being in there, I would have asked him and his girlfriend, like, hey, this is going to be really difficult for me. The baby's father is not around. I'm scared. I'm alone. It would really mean a lot if Blank could be in the delivery with, with me. And if I was sitting there across from her listening to this as the girlfriend and taking all of this in and really gauging whether or not, okay, she's using this to get to him or if this is just, a, you know, a, a pregnant woman in need, mm-hmm. I think that could have been a completely different discussion and a completely different outcome. Agreed. Totally agree. Well, I've never given birth, thank God, but I can only imagine (laughs) it's a very nerve-wracking experience, and I think going about it the way you just suggested would have been way better, but like, then let's say it's still not enough. She does not want to be a part of the discussion at all, and and she does not want him in the delivery room. Then it's on you to find somebody else, and Mm -hmm. it might not be your number one draft pick, but find somebody to hold your hand through that very vulnerable experience. That's why they say never have a birth plan, because it always goes awry. So her birth plan did not go accordingly, because she wanted so then you you have to pivot and you have to find another way to make it a serene place for you to give birth agreed agreed the bird show all right it is february and that is a big deal why is that mo because it is the first day of black history month officially and we are here to celebrate so are we talking about what black history means to us yes, yes. All right, uh, black history to me is uh, a time of pretty much three things educating yourself upon what black history has been reflecting upon all of the things that our ancestors had to endure and accomplish in order for us to move how we move and celebrating the efforts we have made while also thinking about what we can do to go even further. And I think it's a time to reflect with your friends, with your family, and just kind of learn more. The more you educate yourself, I think the more you can be uh, an assistance to the, to the culture, to the people. And I think this entire month is just a reflection of that. Exactly. I can't say it any better than you said it, Mo. Like, that's all that Black History Month means to me is it's a reflection. And it's also a time to, like, for me personally, just be proud of the accomplishments that my community has made and everything that we're doing and how we're moving forward now. I uh, One of the things that I really enjoy about Black History is the acknowledgement of the things that we have put forward to history in general, American history, because a lot of things are, are kind of glossed over or quote unquote whitewashed, uh, the things that we have done. And uh, I think acknowledgement is great because this is a time where people tend to kind of try to learn a little bit more about the history and the things that we've done. I wish people would do that, you know, more times than just once a year. But I, I do appreciate uh, the acknowledgement. We have gotten far. We still have a lot more to get through and a lot more to learn and things and adjust. But it's also a good time to recognize how far we have come, but also acknowledge we still got some some space to take, you know? Uh, it, take. Is it just me or does it feel like black history has a little more weight to it this year? Because, I mean, there's been a lot of chatter and talk if you read the news that there's been <clears> some <throat> people who are trying to erase certain parts of our history yeah. and not teach our kids certain part of our history because they think it's too ugly. But the truth is the truth of what happened with the origin of this country. I feel like that's always been a thing. Yeah. But I, I think social media and the fact that Black History Month is spoken about more now and it reaches more people because we have the platforms to actually speak to it. I think that part has made the people who are opposed to black culture, black people, black history louder. And I think it's made them work harder to try to erase some of the things in history, like you mentioned. And so I think it's important for us to continue to push the narrative as as strongly as we have been. And for me, the reason why it weighs more this year, 
we finally get an extra day. It means more. Don't, don't think we sleep on the fact they gave us the shortest month of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing that a lot of people don't know. I know you were joking. I know I know that you know this. But there are people who don't even understand where, when black history started or why. At one point, it started off as Negro History Week. And that was because that was the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln as well as Frederick Douglass. So that, for those listening, that is why it's in February. Mm. Um, but... But as Mo was saying, that he's exactly right. He's exactly right in every form of that. But at the same time, I am really glad that this is a leap year. So if if you were giving white people an assignment, right, uh, you're saying know a little bit more about our history. Um, look, people are busy right now. They don't got a whole bunch of time. So if you were going to point to one thing to read, one thing that was going to take, let's say, five minutes, that's it, five minutes, what would it be? Mm. Wow, that's a tough one. If I had to narrow it down to one thing and you had five minutes, I would Google everything you need to know about Black History Month. I think that there's a uh, there's a lot of articles out there that kind of have summarized exactly what Black History Month means, exactly how it should be represented, how you should look at it. And you can find articles and things out there that you can literally educate yourself within minutes, as you said. Katie and Amber, if it uh, wasn't broadly looking up the definition of Black History Month, what one event would you say... Look, this might give white people a different perspective on our life then and life now. Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Easily. Juneteenth. Because I feel like it's just now starting to become like technically a federal holiday. And it's so new that a lot of people still don't really know why it means so much to us. So I would say actually look into the whole history of Juneteenth. I 100 percent agree with with, what Mo and Katie have both said. I would like to also add in uh, black inventors. There are so many things that we have created or these black Avengers have created that people don't even realize it. You know what I mean? Like a traffic light, mm-hmm. you know, air conditioning, you know, the stops, the brakes on an elevator. Like we, there's a lot of things that people just don't think about mm-hmm. that we had a hand in. There's a, there's a lot of things to learn and we touch on a lot of it on the show. And I, I appreciate those moments. Like a perfect example is us just speaking to the black national anthem. And I got a lot of DMs from white people saying, I had no idea. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank y'all for educating us. I had no clue. So there's a lot of things that to us, we just know because we're black and we've had to live it. Mm-hmm. But we realize we have to keep speaking it. But at the same time, you can help us if you do some of that work on your own. Do you guys say happy Black History Month to each other? Yeah. 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 I okay. said it to Katie this morning. And we just do one of these. Right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all. It's Katie here from The Bird Show. Pride unites us all and so does Atlanta United. That's why I'm giving you the chance to win a spot in The Bird Show's Pride Night Suite in celebration of Pride Month. That's right. Join me and the Bird Show crew on Sunday, June 2nd, as Atlanta United takes on the fierce rival, Charlotte FC, with kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We need to beat Charlotte, so we will be loud and proud. Believe that. Oh, and by the way, did I mention Atlanta United is giving away a -a one-of-a-kind Pride-inspired towel, plus a $5 donation to Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta-based nonprofit that provides services to the LGBTQ plus youth, which is included with your Pride Night ticket pack. Remember, to enter for your chance to win a spot in the Bird Show's Pride Night Suite, head over to thebirdshow.com. To guarantee your tickets and Pride towel, go to atlutd.com and click the promotional packs tab for more details. Can't wait to see you all there June 2nd at 4.30 p.m. Together, we are Atlanta. Atlanta United. See you there. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or anniversary, may I recommend an Atlanta United match? So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So, of course, we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine and I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. The Burt Show. So the guy she's currently dating, excuse me, refers to his ex as closest and dearest friend. And she's afraid if they continue dating that she's going to be competing with the ex. And she's wondering, should I ditch this guy or date? I love your show. I listen to you every day. 
I am new to the dating scene. I got divorced from a narcissist over two years ago, and after graduating therapy, I'm trying out dating. So here's my question. Should I ditch or date? I think you guys are the perfect mix of opinions to grab on the situation. I've been dating a guy for two months who refers to his ex-girlfriend as his closest and dearest friend. He says that they broke up about a year ago because she kept cheating on him with her ex-boyfriend, so they decided they would be better as friends. That's interesting. It is. <laughs> he said he still cares about her as a person and that they are best friends now. It definitely feels like a red flag, but I also had a very toxic relationship in the past and may, ju- may be judging a little too harshly. I do not want to enter into a new relationship feeling like I'm competing with someone, but it's also too soon to really ask for boundaries to be set with this lady since we have only been on a few dates. I don't want to enter into a complicated situation, and I do not want any conflict. Should I ditch or date? Would love all the opinions. Also, reach back out if you have any specific questions. Thanks, a devoted listener. All right, well, first of all, congratulations for graduating therapy. I know how that feels. (laughs) It is pretty awesome, man. (laughs) You're on that last session, and they're like, you know what? We don't need to see each other for a while. Oh, awesome. Uh, Secondly, I am going to concur with you. Um... I think that your insecurity here is a little bit on the justif- justice justified side. Um, look, it is hard to enter a relationship with two people that have such great chemistry and dating history. And the fact is that she's going to feel insecure about them because they do have this compatibility and chemistry. So it's a real thing. I don't know that. You should be so insecure about it that you don't continue the relationship. But I just want to say that's that's a real thing. Like you got legitimate concern there. Yeah, this would be a ditch for me. So I'm of the belief that once you sleep with someone, once you see somebody naked, you can never go back to just being friends. And so the (laughs) fact that he would still be with this person if she wasn't just out there cheating on uh, cheating on him with her ex-boyfriend, that would be a deal breaker for me, not just because it would make me insecure because of course I would have those feelings, but I think I would also always sort of feel like they were, he was comparing the two of us because that is the only thing that was really keeping them together. So I, I think you can choose to date him, but I think you're probably setting yourself up for a very messy, um, unintentional three-way. Ditch with a capital D. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I only say this because you're only two months in, you're already feeling you know, iffy about this whole situation. It's not settling right with you. The fact that you came from, um, you, you got divorced from a narcissist. Granted, that was two years ago, but narcissist, man, they, 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 they take you for a, they, they take you for a loop, man. Um, and they can, they can do some serious damage. You need something uncomplicated. This is not uncomplicated. This is complicated. So for you, I feel like, and some people think uncomplicated is boring. That is not the case. Um, uncomplicated and drama-free is is comforting and it's stability and it's and it's trust. And so, I'd love you to repeat that. What? What you just said? Uncomplicated is not boring. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Um, so I feel for you that in this instance, y- you you need to simplify your dating life. Um, and, and this guy is not, this guy's not it. I can't disagree. This, this would be big ditch energy for me. Um, (laughs) This BDE right here. I mean, you've done the work. Like you said, you pulled away from a narcissist. You've done therapy. I think that's important. I don't think you want to put yourself in a situation where you can backpedal. And if I'm being honest, I think anyone who was cheated on by somebody constantly and then still wants to be their best friend after that. That would be a red flag for me if I'm entering that situation and it's too fresh for you to say anything about it. I think you're going to have a difficult time later down the line trying Mm -hmm. to get him to not be best friends with her. So you might as well just cut that last night right now. Yeah, imagine calling the person who cheated on you multiple times your dearest and closest friend. Yeah, I don't understand I could yeah, not I get, get over that. that. No. No. I couldn't even I couldn't uh-huh. even imagine if you do me dirty in that way, I don't ever want to see you again. So like whatever she was offering must have been top tier if he's willing to stick <laughs> around for the opportunity that it might happen again. Here's, Big Kay- Here's Kaylee. Hey Kaylee, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Good morning. Dang it, all of you. You all made my point. <gasps> A man who is 
literally going to stick around with a right. woman who cheated on him yes. multiple times. That speaks volumes about his self, his value of himself and his self-esteem. That's big red flags, girl. Mm-hmm. Bitch, run. Run away. Those are problems you don't want. It is unanimous in it here. Is. Get out of here. Ditch them for sure. Yep. Ditch. Right? Ditch. Get up out of there. The Bird Show. All right, if you listen to The Bird Show for any amount of time, you know that Mo is supremely talented. Are you su- <laughs> How you doing, Mo? I'm good. How you doing? Supremely talented songwriter. He can rap. He freestyles. He was on a national TV show freestyling. Yeah, uh, that was Sway in the Morning back in the day when it was a really big deal to get rap battles up there. I went up there and um, won the tournament. Well, I'd like to challenge you again this morning. Uh-huh. You weren't you are ready for this. Uh, no, I was not. I know any time you suit me up like that, though, something bad is coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is, we have done this before. Okay. Um, I have given ChatGPT three different headlines to write a rap song. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Um, you have not seen these lyrics. You don't even know what beat we're going to be using this morning. I have no clue. Is this how we're doing current news now? What do you mean? Like, if you gave it headlines from the, like, if we, this, this is how we would do news. If you gave ChatGBT current headlines and we just had Mo wrap them, and that's how we did the news on our show. Oh, what a great entertainment buzz. If Abby <laughs> wants to take one off, we just have Mo wrap it. Take it from me, Mo. I hadn't thought that, but that's a great idea. All right, I will give, Abby, I want you actually to choose which song Mo is going to perform this morning. He's going to rap this morning. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm gonna, yeah, I don't even know the names of them yet. Oh, okay. You look okay. like you're using deep thought. Well, I, I, was like, I, was thinking about, I was thinking of all the rap songs I know. I was like, what did I no, listen to no, no, in no. college? Yeah. I gave ChatGPT yeah. three different subjects, and I just asked ChatGPT to write a rap okay. that Mo hasn't seen. Two of these are you're going to feel connected to. One, not so much. Okay. Okay? So the first one I put in a ChatGPT, I wanted to see if ChatGPT would rap, rap a Diss track about itself. <laughs> so I put in rap, uh, write a rap song about how Chat GPT is really terrible for the universe. I wanted to see what Chat GPT would say about that. Okay, diss yourself. All right. That's interesting. Abby, your second one here is this is what I put in. My friend Travis and Taylor seem like the perfect fit. All our friends love them together, but I do not think this relationship is going to work. But nobody will listen to me. Write a rap song about it. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's the longest ask of all time. Sometimes you got. That's the beautiful thing about um, ChatGPT or any AI. The more specific you get, mm-hmm. the more specific the um, the results are going to be. And okay. I love too when it pops up, you can go back and be like, "No, I need more hatred." And right. they'll actually spit yes. back out. Seriously? Yes. yes. Wow. You yes. can ask it to um, give you an answer. Answer that's more casual and casual mm-hmm. conversation, and it does it all, right? All right, Abby, this one is a diss track for yourself. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is a diss track for you. Uh, write us a rap song about my friend Abby. She got a nose job and didn't tell any of us. She thinks it's going to help her attract men. It won't. It's her personality that's keeping them away. And Chad GPT, that's the longest rap that it's. Yeah. <laughs> I came up with a two-pager. What does Chad GPT have right, against right. me? So you get to choose which one you want. You want your own diss track? You want a Chad GPT uh, diss track? Or you want one that has to do with Travis and Taylor? Okay, I'm going to nix the first one because that one just didn't excite me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted to say the second one, but I also don't want to get a tweet at me saying, stop talking about Taylor. So, you know no. what? I'll I'll go for number three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gutsy. Gutsy. All right. The diss track again is write a rap song about my friend Abby. She got a nose job. Didn't tell any of us. She thinks it will help her attract men. It won't. It's her personality that's keeping men away. <laughs> this is horrible. It is. All right. Will you pass this around mm-hmm. to Mo, please? Yep. And... Tommy, you probably want to give him a sense of what the beat is, just as he's sort of looking over the lyrics for the very first time. Here's your flavor, Ma. Okay. It sounds like something I seen from Succession. It could be, yeah. Okay. I think so. 
All right. All right. I got to slow it down a little bit. I think I can catch that. Are you okay with this? Ready yeah. to get burned. Right. It's not my words, Abby. Is this because I made a joke about you wearing lifts? <laughs> I think it's, that's where it started. All right. Let's get it. Check. Yo, let me tell you about a girl named Abby. Got a nose job, but it's kind of shabby. Kept it on the low, like a hidden hobby. But it ain't her looks, it's her whole story. Thought a new nose would change her fate. But it's her personality that's sealing the gate. Didn't tell her friends, kept it all straight. But attraction ain't about the shape. Abby, <laughs> Abby, with a new nose. But it's the heart that really shows personality. That's how it goes. Changing the outside, but the inside glows. She's thinking it's the key to finding love. But it's deeper than the surface, rise above. It's the way that she talks, what she does. Not the nose, Abby. It's the buzz. Confidence ain't just in the face. It's in the soul. It's in the grace. Changing noses, it's a misplaced. Men ain't food, they're in a different space. Abby, Abby, Abby with the nose. But it's the heart that really shows personality. That's how it goes. Changing the outside, but the inside glows. Love yourself, that's the real deal. A nose job won't change how you feel. It's the laughter, the joy, and the zeal. Abby. It's time to keep it real. <laughs> She's got potential deep within, but changing noses won't help her win. It's the kindness, the warmth, the kin that'll finally attract the right men. Abby, listen, it's about connection, not the nose. It's genuine affection. It's time to look in the mirror, a real reflection on what truly will bring satisfaction. Abby. Abby with the new nose <laughs> But it's the heart that really shows Personality, that's how it goes Changing the outside, but the inside glows So here's a rap about Abby's quest A new nose won't change the rest It's the inside that truly will impress Abby, please, it's time to be your best Okay <laughs> Ch Chat TPT said you said Abby We're going to say it 1,500 times <laughs> Honestly, that makes Nicki Minaj's diss track for Megan Bigfoot look amazing <laughs> Chat TPT doesn't do an awful job No, it's not an awful job, I've certainly right? heard worse Oh, wow The Bird Show Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Margot Robbie, she's just better than us at everything. Because most people would be pretty peeved over not getting an Oscar nomination for a massive film like Barbie. But she doesn't really seem to be that much that upset about her Oscar snub. So Deadline is reporting that this is what she said in regards to her not getting nominated for Best Actress for her role as Barbie in the massive film that came out last year. She says, there's no way to feel sad when you know you're this blessed. Obviously, I think Greta should have been nominated as director because what she did is a once in a career, once in a lifetime thing. But it's been an incredible year for all the films. We set out to do something that would shift culture, affect culture, just make some sort of impact. And it's already done that in some way, way more than we ever dreamed it would. And that is truly the biggest reward that could come out of all of this. So shout out to Mar Margot Robbie for having a good attitude about this whole thing. I think I was probably out the day you guys were talking about this, all the shutouts for that movie. The snubs? Yeah, the snubs. What uh, What did you guys come up with on that? Well, so for me, one, um, I because of all the chatter, I rewatched the Barbie movie over the past couple of days. Um, and if if anybody was to get nominated, um, it, it, it definitely should have been Margot over you know, Ryan, in my opinion, watching it back as far as the acting goes. I mean, he, he did a great job as Ken, but she did a phenomenal job as Barbie. But what killed me is um, there, the focus ended up being on the snubs instead of the people who got nominated. Mm -hmm. And there were some, there's, there are some really incredible actresses nominated for, for an Oscar. And like, I watched um, Killers of the Flower Moon and 
she's phenomenal. So I just, I felt bad that it took away from those that the, that the focus should have been on. Um, is, what is the, um, who votes on it and what is the demographic? Do we know of it, who votes? It's the Academy and it's all, you know, a bunch of, I think the stereotype is that it's a lot of old white guys. Is it mostly men? I don't, I don't know if it's mostly men. It's ni- There's 9,500 oh. voting members, so okay. there's a lot, and usually they're issued. But for me, it's Greta being overlooked, and it gives more credence. I think it was Chelsea Handler's joke at, was it the Critics' Choice Awards she hosted or the Golden Globes, one of those where she said, you the know, Critics Choice. Greta, Greta Gerwig, um, over a billion dollars in the box office, like huge success, which means, you know, studio execs are questioning if she deserves a second shot, right? And <laughs> right. that was the joke. Yeah. And this just proves it because she did have such, like, she created <laughs> right. a cultural masterpiece. And Margot was excellent. And I can see overlooking that snub, but to snub Greta as the director of a piece of cinematic history, and I'll call it that, even though it's about a plastic doll, it's so much more than that. It just really reinforces the entire message of Barbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, Greta Ger- Gerwig was the biggest snub for me because, okay, maybe we can get over the fact that the Academy didn't think that Margot was worth getting nominated, but I don't understand how you can snub the entire mastermind behind that entire project. It makes us not be able to feel like we can celebrate Ryan Gosling for getting nominated or America Ferreira for getting nominated. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's a big bummer. And I think Margot should have been nominated, but I'm glad to see that she's keeping her head up about the whole thing. But so help me, if Lily Gladstone does not win Four Flowers of the Killer, Killer Moon, I'm going to be so mad. She's Seriously, it's such a fantastic, it's a really long movie, but it's a true story and it's one that people need to watch. Okay, so if you missed the previous segment that we just came from, uh, we had a stupid bit of the week where Bert brought three chat GBT <laughs> raps to the table and Mo so wonderfully rapped about how about my nose job and you know what i have now been challenged to take on one of the other raps that bert has brought to the table who challenged you who who, i forget who did challenge me me (laughs) cassie challenged me and i said tommy can you find me a sick beat there were three three subjects that i put in a chat gpt to write a rap about and mo uh rapped um about, <laughs> uh, about Abby's nose and that her, that wasn't going to help her uh, in the dating world. So we had two left over. And when I gave it to her just to see, because it was about Travis and Taylor, Cassie suggested, why don't you just, why don't you go on the air and do it? And I was like, sure, I've never rapped a day in my life. I can barely keep pace with Fetty Wap at like frat parties. <laughs> but you know what? Why not do it for the people on national radio? But also because it is a slow entertainment news day. So okay. let's, let's fill this baby up. Can I get my sick beat? All right, and the, the... Hang on, I have to hear the rhythm. Hold on, I need to tell them what the song is about. Oh, okay. So it's not only about Travis and Taylor, but this was written as though everybody thinks that they're a great match. However, I do not think that they are a great match. I do not think this relationship is going to work. That's what I put in the chat, GPT. Okay, can we restart? You got to catch it, Abby. Check. <laughs> <laughs> Gather round, let me tell you about a tale about Travis and Taylor, a love that sets sail. Friends all around say they're a perfect pair, but I see the storm, yeah, it's in the air. Travis and Taylor, like a movie script, but deep down, my gut feeling won't quit. <laughs> Friends cheering on, look, it's a perfect fit, but I see the flaws, ain't that legit? Travis and Taylor, the perfect illusion, but my intuition screams confusion. Everyone cheering, <laughs> caught in the infusion, but mark my words, it's a love delusion. <laughs> Late night talk, the laughter that they share, but behind the scenes, it's a love affair. I try to warn them, but nobody cares. Trapped in the moment, love's electric flare. They say opposites attract, but I see the clash. Differences ignore like they burn in ash. In the spotlight, but it won't last. Travis and Taylor, it's a dicey path. Travis and Taylor, the perfect illusion. But my intuition screams confusion. Everyone cheering, caught in the infusion. But mark my words, it's a love delusion. I'm the voice of reason in the midst of cheers. But nobody listens, falling on deaf ears. Travis and Taylor, fueling my fears. A love story soaked in unshed tears. Mismatched pieces in this love parade. But they dance along in a masquerade. 
I see the cracks, but it's like a charade. Travis and Taylor on a love crusade. I'm the Lone Ranger, the truth bearer, but my words vanish in the love-filled air. Travis and Taylor, a risky affair, but they won't listen, they just stare. Travis and Taylor, the perfect illusion, but my intuition screams confusion. Confusion? It's a love delusion. So here's my rap, a warning in rhyme. Travis and Taylor on borrowed time. Love's a journey, not just a climb, but they won't see. Lost in the love chime. You were fine. The beat got messed up a little bit in there, but you were fine. Yeah, I was great. I was perfect. (laughs) This this other rapper, not me, says he's made millions ghostwriting country music, but doesn't take the songwriting credit. I'll explain why on your next e-buzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. So let's test everybody's morals this morning. (laughs) In this room? Yes. Um, Would you go out of your way to help one of your favorite family members if they created a GoFundMe for a divorce? In which they cheated. No, absolutely not. Mm-mm, I don't no. even need to hear anything else. <laughs> need to hear all the details. Okay, because the details are going to make this story a lot crazier than you even think. So this is an interesting situation because someone I know is in a very healthy marriage. And they have a lot of different like rules and guidelines that they attempt to follow whenever things arise in their relationship. One of them is, and they're serious about this, If one of the people in the marriage is asked to help somebody in their family financially, you have to tell your partner. That's a rule that they have. So if mom comes to the husband and says, I need some money for something, wife doesn't mind if he does it. She just wants to be informed. But with that being said, the wife is the one that's in this situation where she has a cousin who is like her first cousin, her favorite cousin. They grew up together and they're like best friends. She doesn't know if she wants to go to her husband and inform him that she's been asked to give to this GoFundMe for two reasons. The cheating, believe it or not, is not even the wildest part of the fact that the cousin has created this GoFundMe. Her cousin is a pastor, full-blown pastor. And unfortunately, the pastor found himself being a part of infidelity. Okay. Now, the thing is, He's dealing with, do I come clean to the church or is this something that the church doesn't even need to know? So obviously, for some odd reason, he does not have the money to deal with this situation. The only way he really could get the money is if he went public with it, which he doesn't want to do because he's a pastor. So he cheated on his wife after, I think, a 15-year marriage. He slipped up. He made a mistake. Somebody in the church I didn't want any more details. I don't want to be a part of that situation. <laughs> but it happened, and it is what it is, and she asked for a divorce. The first lady of the church wants a divorce. Now, I guess she gave him some time to still sit up there at the church and pretend like everything is okay because, obviously, the moment she does not show up to sit in that seat on Sundays, the entire church is going to know something is up. But she told him, I will do that for you, but if I do that for you, you have to handle everything. Oof. Figure it all out. Don't care how you do it, but figure it all out. So I guess he had the idea of when you got nowhere else to go and you're down on your luck, you go to your family. So he sat his entire family down, mom, dad, cousins, brothers, sisters, everyone, and said that he needs some help. He has nowhere else to go. And he's asking his family for a GoFundMe to help him be able to actually pay for this entire divorce. Mm. And she is torn because obviously a part of her is like, dude, you did the cheating. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a this is a really big ask. Right. At the same time, she doesn't want to see his church crumble. She doesn't want to see everything that he's built and fought for go down. So she has this dilemma. Oof. She knows if she goes to her husband, he's going to say, you out of your mind. We're not contributing to that. He literally, she thinks he's going to say, like, he got to go to God. That's That's where you have to go with this one. And so she doesn't even want to ask because she knows the answer is going to be no. So she's kind of torn in two places here. Do I even go to my husband about this? Do I just tell the family no? Do I help? What do you do? Because this is about religion and because it's about the church and it's because and because it's about Jesus. I'm going to probably take a different take than the rest of you guys. Right. 
wouldn't it show the ultimate form of empathy and love, which is what Jesus was about? That's true. Right? To help out of this situation, even though he was totally in the wrong. Jesus also doesn't want you to play the fool and get taken advantage of by somebody taking your money because they made a mistake. That's between Jesus and him later on. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I uh, This would be really tough for me, in all honesty, because it. you're right. Like that, that does feel like what Jesus would do. Jesus is all about forgiveness and, and, and extending a hand when your neighbor needs it. And this is like your best friend, your favorite cousin. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. Well, at least in the Christian background that I come from, divorce is a very taboo thing that if your pastor got divorced, there's, you cannot hide that. Like you, people are going to know if you and your wife are no longer together and you're probably going to have to talk about it up on the pulpit. So I think, A, there's no way around getting around him, not fessing up to the entire church. So I think her having the the hesitation because she doesn't want his reputation to be poor or to see his church crumble, like we can knock that aside because he's got to complete, come clean at some point. But on the other hand, it does feel so dirty asking uh, like other church members to help you get out of something that like they, they constantly push you to not do. Yeah, so right? mm-hmm. for me, if I'm her, like I would probably do it out of the goodness of my heart, but I don't know that a GoFundMe is the right way to go. Yeah, because you could forgive somebody for what they did, but that doesn't include giving them money. <sighs> Man. That's true. You know That's a fair I mean? point. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm sorry. Like you, you made choices. You made a mistake. You were tempted. And you caved to those temptations and I'm I'm really sorry for what you're going through, but there's consequences to your actions. And yeah, turn to God and turn to what you need to, but I'm not going to contribute to your GoFundMe. Man, I I don't know. I don't, I don't know now. <laughs> I think if I was taken, I mean, this is what Jesus taught us, right? Mm-hmm. Take the high road, show love, show empathy. Jesus certainly did it himself, right? And this is all come from the Jewish guy. Um God, I don't know, man. I think that if I was really into the church and really into the Bible and real spirituality, and I, I think I would probably help out. For some reason, I feel like if it was just a cousin of mine that did this, I would feel like you got to learn your lesson. But it's something about the pastor part that my favorite cousin, the best friend that we grew up together, something in me feels like I would probably just say, here's my portion. Good luck. And whatever happens, happens. It will happen the way Jesus wants it to. <laughs> Man. Damn, that's complicated. Yeah, it <laughs> it's the Burt Show. The Burt Show. So I told you guys before that my son is starting to look at colleges now. So I took him to Ole Miss. Uh, during football season, we went in and checked out an Ole Miss game. And what I was stunned by as a UGA fan is that they were selling beer inside the stadium at Ole Miss. <laughs> and with uh, Hottie Toddies, they have always said they may lose the game, but they never lose the party. <laughs> <laughs> and they are right. Georgia, yesterday, joined all the SEC schools that allow beer in the stadium. Some do, some don't. And I don't even know why Georgia has held out for this long. But you can get beer at LSU. You can get beer at Tennessee and A&M and Arkansas and Missouri, Alabama. Uh, Texas is joining the SEC. You can drink down in Texas. They would revolt if you couldn't drink beer in Texas. Uh, Florida. <laughs> Go Gators. Okay. We've been drinking beer a long time. Ole Miss. You can drink in their stadium. Kentucky, Kristen. You can drink in that stadium and now georgia this year is going to be serving bears in the stadium that could go terribly wrong yeah (laughs) but at least you won't get busted for sneaking stuff in right which has happened to me fair point yeah as a grown-ass man i Uh got kicked out of the stadium had to sneak my way back in the student section anyway (laughs) i'm still batting a thousand by the way that you snuck it all in i've never well look at you and look at me (laughs) (laughs) all right jackson so you and the girl, your your girlfriend, have a little bit of difference when it comes to diet? Yes. Um, my lovely girlfriend, God bless her, uh, has one flaw, and that is she's a pescatarian. Ooh, and okay. I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but, you know, when you have, I've never actually had to deal with dealing with 
dietary differences when it comes to a relationship. And, you know, a big part of being in a relationship is going out to fun restaurants and eating together and doing all that kind of stuff, right? And so um, it's something that I'm very conscious of when choosing restaurants to go to and places to eat out in the city is we definitely choose things that are veggie slash pescatarian friendly. And for those that don't know, pescatarian Fish. Yes. Fish all the way. But even I find like even good steakhouses usually have one fish option they on there. They got that sea two. bass, baby. Yeah, sea bass is waiting. <laughs> it's lonely. It's super lonely, but it's there. Sea bass or salmon. <laughs> right? And so usually there are options um, at places. And, you know, when it's just her and I, it's very easy. Like, because obviously we choose places that, you know, are, you know, accommodating to her diet. Um Problems tend to arise when we go out with other people where we're less in control of the restaurants. And she never likes being the center of attention in any situation. She doesn't want things to be difficult for anyone. She just wants things to go as, you know, smooth sailing as possible. And so as an example, I remember last year for my birthday, it was the first time she had actually met my parents. And we went to a steakhouse because... Maybe I was being a little bit selfish and I wanted to go to a steakhouse, but it was my birthday. <laughs> birthday. Yeah, right? That's not selfish. <laughs> and at this place, they actually didn't have any fish options, but they had like this tofu option that she decided to order. And the waiter gave her this terrible look and was <laughs> yeah. like, no one's ever really ordered that and like was really sort of downplaying it. And Let's she make sure our tofu hasn't expired. Right. Right? I think we have it. <laughs> and it made her feel super uncomfortable because she's in this environment that's brand new. She's meeting my parents for the first time. And like it made her, you know, feel like she was the center of attention and that. And she actually ended up really liking the dish, but it just felt very weird for her to feel like kind of downplayed <laughs> like that. Right. One thing, a piece of advice a friend of mine gave me, which maybe will help your girlfriend, and it changed my way I think of it, is if whatever you order from the menu, if they judge you, it speaks more about the restaurant because they shouldn't be offering it in the first place mm -hmm. if it's not up to snuff and it says more about them than it does about you. I feel like they caved into some kind of public pressure when there's mm -hmm. like that one item on there that's tofu that clearly nobody is going to <laughs> order very often. Exactly. And so, you know, when we go out to dinner with my family at places, I... I really am just trying to make sure that she's comfortable and that she has something to eat. But what that oftentimes causes is like my mom to freak out and be like, you know, if we're doing like a family style meal where everyone's sort of uh, sharing dishes, right? She'll like come up to her separately or call out across the table like, is there anything that you can eat? And it makes her feel very uncomfortable. And so I feel like I'm put in this weird position where I, I want to make sure that she's obviously getting fed and getting something that she wants to eat. <laughs> but I don't want her to feel awkward and that she's like being difficult, right? And oh. so it, it feels awkward for me. I say dumper. Did <laughs> <laughs> she just break up with me? This is ditch yeah. her name. ditch energy. What a pain, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dump this girl. So inconvenient. There's <laughs> <laughs> many more fish in the sea. <laughs> there you go, man. Hey. <laughs> the Burt Show.